0: The Zone Coverage Podcast Network. This podcast is presented in front of a live Astadio audience. Hey guys, anything weird happened in sports last night? (laughs) I know this is Midwest swing and there was a swing in the Midwest last night, maybe... Yeah, that's probably a little. Bit I wrong. love
1: how Brandon Brandon starts off with the most random thing, and we're like, "Yeah, we want to stay on topic. We're not even on yeah, topic for the first minute." Well,
0: whatever. So, it, Twitter's blow. I'm I'm busy watching like The Office season seven, putting my girls to bed, my wife and daughter, and my daughter's been up since like 3 a.m. six. So I'm like, I'm like, rolling in on about three hours of sleep. So this is gonna get kind of unhinged, but we're watching that, and I'm getting like tweets, people saying, "Whoa, what's going on in this Thursday night game?" And I'm like, well, whatever, better go find out. And so I turned it on. And so for people who haven't seen it, I guess if you've been sleeping the last 12 hours or whatever, Mason Rudolph, the quarterback for the Steelers. And, and Bailey, by the way, is a Steelers fan. So anything that I fail, you can fill in the blanks, right? Yeah, I got you. So... Mason Rudolph gets sacked in like the closing moments by Miles Garrett. I think he's like the edge rusher for the the Browns really good player. But he
2: didn't technically even get sacked. He didn't have the ball anymore. Oh,
0: so the, the, okay. it was like
2: a screenplay. The runner was literally already out of bounds when Garrett was tackling him. Oh I, yeah see, so I that's yeah, that's part of the reason the situation escalated on Rudolph's part is there was no reason for Garrett to be tackling. yeah, him.
0: And, and it seemed like he was upset with how he was taken down and now that makes sense to me. So he goes for the helmet. Which uh, is not a great move if you're if you're yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're Mason Rudolph. Yep. Yeah. And so, anyway, Miles Garrett just loses his mind. He gets like held up by I think David DeCastro. Yep. And eventually he grabs Rudolph, like spins him around,
2: and yeah, no, he rips picks him Yeah, off. he lifts him. Rudolph is still sitting. Yeah. Garrett like pulls him up because he's just a gigantic. Was there like eight seconds being. left in the game? Like, Literally eight seconds yeah, yeah. left. Yeah. So
0: anyway. To, to try to describe this as best as one can, the Garrett takes his helmet and literally <laughs> does like a windmill dunk and hits him on the head. And if you watch it in yeah. slow motion, I think you see Rudolph's head go concave for like a second. <laughs> And it's especially troubling because this dude had a concussion a month ago, you said? Yeah, literally missed a game. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. That that Devlin Hodges had to play. He literally like crumpled on the field, was knocked out. Devlin Hodges cost me that fantasy week because he could not find Juju (laughs) Smith-Schuster. I can't believe I forgot that. Anyway, so everybody just starts going nuts. And my initial reaction and tell me if you felt I was wrong was like, Throw Garrett out of the league. He could have literally killed this guy. Snuff, yeah, 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 Snuff film on national television, or at least, at very worst, he's getting coloring books for Christmas for the rest of his life.
2: Yeah. Um, like, he could have seriously
0: messed this dude up.
2: Yeah, we talked about it before the show. I'm a Steelers fan, so I obviously have some opinions on yeah. Montez Perfect. Yeah. Um, but this is even, I would say, further than anything he even did. This yeah. was very blatant. This was after the whistle. Like, I'll give perfect some credit mm-hmm. the dumb things he does typically happens between the whistles between the whistles between this the white was lines literally yeah just after the game was over like yeah, there, yeah. there were eight seconds left the sealers just ran out of bounds like one more kneel down and it was done basically and it was completely unnecessary completely unwarranted
0: well so i've backed down from throw him out of the league and i yeah 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 so I'm just going to riff on how I feel each of these guys should be suspended. I know suspensions have come out. Yeah. And they can be, excuse me, <coughs> tweaked based on whatever happens and and maybe some of them will be appealed down and and we know that Garrett's been suspended for the rest of the season. Yeah. Indefinitely indefinitely. Yep. Yeah. Will not be shorter than that. So, I've come full circle on the idea that maybe it doesn't have to be for the for his career, but I think it should be at minimum one year. And then he's got to do like the Josh Gordon meetings for reinstatement. Obviously, it's not oh, for pot; sure. it's for yeah. you know being a dope. Kind of a you know not not exactly the same thing.
1: Obviously, Bailey, that's not good, guys. But, um,
0: <laughs> but anyhow, uh, then for me, you could in theory give Rudolph one or two games for grabbing the guy's helmet. I mean, yeah. Pouncy, Mike Pouncy, Mike Pouncy, right? I got the right Pouncy brother. I yeah. Goes after so basically, if you've ever watched wrestling, when fans jump in the stands and the wrestlers go from what they call kayfabe, which is the angle, to literally pummeling the crap out of a guy, Pouncey goes pro wrestling, breaking character on this guy. um, Garrett starts just
2: kicking the crap out of him, starts punching him, falls to the ground. But if you ask, like you
0: said, Damian Woody, Mark Schlereth, all these former NFL offensive linemen are like, I would have done what he did too. He got three games. I think you can get appealed yeah. down to one or two. Yeah, I would have had no problem with one game for him. I think Ogun, Joby, one game, whatever, and then Rudolph I'd have given two.
1: Sure. But I think at minimum yeah.
0: you got to go a year for Garrett. And yeah. I, I, I just if you guys each have a small opinion, if you don't want to, that's fine. But before we jump into obviously stealing signs, which is going to be <laughs> probably just fun as fun. Episode. Sport,
1: sports are great. Yeah, Sport, uh, he, I mean, here's the thing: the league can't have that as an image because what happened. For me last night I essentially wasn't a sports bar because I think I just live in a sports bar or a commune now. Sure. As as uh did you allude to this on the podcast or not? But like there's a lot of people that live in my house too. Um Tom's my got the apartment. arrested
0: development apartment. Yes. Sai's got the arrested development house. Yes,
1: we it's it's commune. The mansion, I guess, yeah. the, the low-cost mini mansion. But uh but the, uh I was watching Part of the Wild Phoenix or whatever I think they're the Arizona Coyotes now, which what? is the worst thing you could ever watch on TV. They, they won that game, didn't they? The Wild did, which they shouldn't. They should not be winning games right no, now. That's but true. Uh, I was I was kind of half watching that. I was actually more interested in Dallas. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks were playing the New York Nets mm-hmm. or New York Knicks. Yep. Sorry, uh, and the Knicks beat them. And I was upset about this because Dallas is the anti Joe Gill team. Joe Gill on the Simon show, big analytics guy, only mm. looks at analytics, which we know that on the baseball side, there's people that don't actually watch the games and don't know enough about baseball to comment on it. Just using right, the analytics. Right. But, um, Joe is a, Joe's a good basketball mind does not like the Dallas Mavericks. They lose. And then I turn over and I'm like, well, this game's boring. Had I stayed and watched that dumb, like, you know, Steelers-Browns game. Uh, I've they, been like, they play again in two weeks. My, yeah, my, 17 days. My, days. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. Yeah. my only takeaway would have been, it wouldn't have been, it, are the Browns resurgent. Or to be honest, I thought the Steelers, and I'm not just saying this because Bailey was here, after having a really tough three games to start the year, mm-hmm. pulled off a great trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like on the Steelers train for a yeah. little bit. My takeaway would have been, yeah, this is ridiculous. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch because it's not fun like a hockey fight. It's it's hyper violent, large people that can kind of kill each other, mm-hmm. and and so basically it, a hockey game. The, the, the league, I mean, the league cannot have things like this happen and, and they're, they're going
0: to make an example of them.
1: And I think baseball would handle it the same way. I, as much as people remember the Niger Morgan kicking the catcher, going and fighting uh, Bailey yeah. loves it. Was, about, he a, was he a brewer? Brewer, brewer legend. Well, how, yeah, he, 20, had that, he had that, he had that walk off hit. Totally yeah. flush,
2: man.
0: Yeah. But what, but what about um, when Bryce Harper threw his helmet? Someone went to me at Hunter Strickland was trying to equate those two things. And I'm like, yeah.
1: are you
2: out of your freaking mind?
1: Yeah, I mean baseball. Uh, a football helmet weighs eight yeah, pounds. Yeah, yeah. Are yeah, you that's out of your damn I,
2: mind? Yeah, I watched after the game. I turned on SVP on ESPN, and yeah. he, he has the helmets on his desk, and he picked one up. He's like, "This is a weapon. Like, this is yeah. legitimately a weapon." Yeah.
1: But yeah. I don't, I don't think people, people like Bryce Harper because he's a great player and his personality and all this stuff. I, I don't know if that's what Bryce Harper would want to be a defining moment for no, him. No, no. Now, having said that, I mean, it's
0: like Albert Hainsworth. What do people remember about Albert Hainsworth? Yeah. stepping on Andre? rod's head yeah you don't want that and now i mean hainsworth might die of he's got he's like kidney issues right now like he's in the yeah. kidney failure Di- dire health yeah but i mean but, at the same time it's like if you yeah how are you how will your legacy be remembered bryce sharper wants to be you know hitting a walk-off homer against the nationals someday not yeah. throwing his helmet at a guy who can't get him
1: out and so outside of the typical baseball like the yasil puig fight Is the one exception where that's sweet like that's so funny seeing all these all these pittsburgh pirates coming at him in their goofy yellow uniforms Mm -hmm. right in their sailor caps and he's like fending it's like a cartoon outside of that that's i mean that's why these leagues have to crack down and i mean you you can't you can't have that because that would be the lasting image and the nfl wants it to be bailey and i talking about do you believe in the steelers even with their rough start or i texted chris from cleveland obviously a um sort of member of this show uh, and he's sitting there, he's like, I actually love this win. It's mm-hmm. I think the Steelers are good. I think that's the conversation they want. Instead, it's about this fight that is very dangerous, especially if you're Mason Rudolph.
0: I think Amir Garrett did something. He, he was part of that fight, and then the Cubs got really mad at him, so he struck somebody out and then sprinted to the dugout and then looked back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like my favorite, one of my favorite moments of the season. Um before b- before we transition, just one last quick thing. Does it matter to you if he connected or not with the helmet, or is it the actor? Yeah. It?
2: So uh, on that SVP, they because to me intent is irrelevant. No, or, they it, brought the intent matters. Yeah, they brought Keyshawn Johnson on. Like, oh, no. oh yeah, over video, and he Yikes. like he he said the same thing uh, that like he, if this happened to his guy, like he would have jumped in there. It mm-hmm. was to- it was totally ridiculous, but he was like, it should be noted that he didn't hit him with the crown of the helmet. Because otherwise, you don't know what could have happened. There could have been blood everywhere. He could have died. This could have been a fatal blow and just yeah. was like really crazy over the top. Yeah, SVP like, it. go back to bed, Keyshawn Johnson. I don't think it. it's – I think it's intent. It's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you li- You rip someone's helmet off and swung it at his head. It doesn't matter if you hit him or not. It's mm-hmm, yep, It's. Yep.
1: You, it's intent. It's yeah. got to be intent. The NHL has trouble with that rule. I mean, I think it's the same thing in baseball. If you throw behind someone, I think you got to say, you can't you can't do that. That's yeah. I mean, you're essentially assaulting someone with a so, baseball. Well, so speaking of
0: intent, the Houston Astros have been stealing signs for what we <laughs> right. think to be three years now. Right. OK. Well, and, and one of my favorite things on Twitter now, I used to follow Gary Sheffield Jr., yeah. who is like the biggest Yankees crybaby on Twitter. It's, it's funny because his dad played for the Yankees. But he was just so upset about how they got they basically had done to them what the twins had done by the Yankees. Yeah. And so he's just going nuts. He was also pissed that When did
1: the Yankees do this to the Twins?
0: This year. Oh, I mean, oh are you I mean, saying I mean, sweet? I'm, I'm saying, I thought you meant science. I'm the Astros yeah, to yeah, the, Yankee yeah, yeah, and the yeah, Yankees did yeah, 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 the Twins. Yeah. He was also really pissed that that Aaron Boone didn't win manager of the year. We'll talk about that too. Because honestly, I think all three of those guys would have been good choices. Yeah. But so John Boy, I guess, on Twitter, kind of the (laughs) he's become kind of like the conduit for us for like posting baseball videos. And apparently, it's legal. I didn't, I don't know what's legal or what's not, but you're hearing like boom, boom, and then change ups coming. And it's like, huh, no one, how do we not know this? But at the same
1: time, too, like you get so focused on what you're watching that you don't think of like. that kind I mean, of thing. No, I totally agree with you. I think the other thing is you have to remember how much goes on in a baseball stadium. I and mean, it is probably the most passive crowd, if you will, mm-hmm. of all the sports, right? Hockey's back and forth. People are yelling, Basketball constantly scoring. Um, so, so, where did the electronics come into it? But what I think happened
0: was that they had used either, you know, film the signal, call the boom, boom, yeah, whatever. But yeah. also, I believe that there's also chatter about using
1: like algorithms to pick signs and stuff. And well, I mean, I think you always assume going back to if you hear a noise like that, I think you see that as incidental, um, as in like, well, like the the drummer
0: out in Cleveland. I mean, speaking of Chris from Cleveland, yeah. What if that drummer, that big or that, he, that he's old guy pitching? in the top left yeah. field stand, uh, less row of left field, yeah? If he's tipping pitches from up there, I mean, that'd be hilarious. That'd be brilliant. That, It'd be brilliant.
1: That, the players tell me that's one of of the teams they play most frequently, right? Um, that's one of the things you notice most, right? You, you notice the obviously the big crowds in Yankee Stadium, but if it's if a crowd is just loud, mm-hmm. everything becomes kind of white noise. When it's the drum, you hear that beat. I, you think about a trash can. It's something that, while if you don't know this is happening, it's hard to be identify as kind of something that's cheating, right? It's sta- it, it's it, ambient, it, it does stand out. It's
0: ambient stadium noise. If you're not really thinking about it. Yep. But,
1: but once you're tipped out, and Trevor Plouffe. Funny enough, right? X-Twin. We're getting enough. him on
0: the show again, by the way. I've been talking to him about getting on the show. I, know I he, love it. I know he was on with Mike. Yeah. He's doing a lot of media, media stuff with, is it Stadium?
1: Yeah, I know. Yes. And he's
0: really, I think he's really getting polished. So I said to him, like, I don't know if you enjoyed your last time. There was, you know, some people were like, well, I don't know. He seemed kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. But um, apparently he's, it sounds like he's willing to come back on at some point. But he's got a lot of very good in-game knowledge as far as, like he said, the one thing you'll notice when a guy has your pitches is he will spit on a, a borderline breaking ball.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I was like,
0: yeah, I mean, you have to track that the whole way in. And if you spit on it, you know from where it starts to where it ends that it's not a strike.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, and he offers, just uh, on Plus specifically, he offers a lot of knowledge on Twitter. I think he's a really good foul. He was always, at times, obviously, mm-hmm. competitive guy. He'd get upset with the media and stuff. But Oh, yeah, and I'll, be, I'll ask him about that. Like, when he got – when he finally got more comfortable with
0: in but, his own skin but i
1: mean he was always he was always a good person to turn to just for baseball not oh, yeah
0: he was i would never say he was bad at all i just think when he was young i think he had what all of us have like an insecurity of why do these people want to pull me up you know pull me
1: apart i'm just yeah. trying to figure my way out in this really difficult game and one of the weirdest careers ever played all over the field had home run streaks had cold you know i mean he was really basically the very only unique.
0: survivor of the fun bunch i mean really yeah
1: and, I, and as it pertains to the Astros cheating, he pointed out also, I think, in the postseason, they went away from the garbage can, which, again, maybe in postseason games, you the can't. The twins should hear. try
0: that, go away from the garbage can in the postseason. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry, sorry, sorry. Bailey, to cut him off, it. Bailey. Uh, the, uh, um, Hit the dumb button. <laughs> damn it. Now am i train trying to. Th- oh, he was saying, like, the catcher would get up on the. Um, did you see this, the, the dugout and, I, and look a certain direction or whatever?
0: Oh, I, like, so playing baseball in my life, I know there's very creative ways to share that you've picked signs. Like it's incre- yeah. incredibly, incredibly, incredibly like a- you'll say a guy's first name or his last name. When you're yelling to him, you will have someone sit in a certain place in the dugout. Yeah. Like you will do
1: a lot of crazy things that people would never pick up on. Is it? Um, this is something Paul Molitor did well. I mean, it, yeah, he, yeah. he really understood when people were kind of picking up picking up on his signs, and he really knew how to find uh, tip pitches. I, it made him a great hitter. I think it's one of the things that made him a good manager, even though obviously he had his shortcomings. I think, um, yeah. I mean, I to speak to the Astros specifically. What I see here is if this was an isolated incident, I'd say this is something that they shouldn't be doing. It's against the rules. They should be punished for it. And it's also unfortunate for baseball that they won. Mm-hmm. And at the time they won, we just thought, and, and this may be true to some extent, they are just smarter than the other. Teams. They, yeah, I mean, how much does it bother you that they won the World Series? I, I mean, I think a lot of it, to be fair, is they embraced analytics. They They had a plan. They tanked and they got star players and they drafted well and they put together a yeah. really, really good team. Having said that, what I think we've learned, going tying it to the Zuna thing, um, is that this is a bad culture. This is a culture that obviously promotes cheating. I'm, but glad, also, I'm glad
0: we don't cover that culture. Like we, there's a very healthy culture in
1: Minnesota, and, and, and we emphasize a lot, it's not. You just mentioned Trevor Plouffe, Phil Hughes. Think about those Kadire and and Latroy Hawkins and, and you know Torrey Hunter. Those guys hang around the clubhouse, and I think in some ways to maintain the best part of even the losing part of the Twins, which is they had a good culture. Brian Dozier was a fun player that, mm-hmm. you know, they rallied around Torrey Hunter the year he was here. Um, you know, I, I think, and, and obviously a lot of these guys are kind of remnants of actually the good twin teams to 2 to, to 10. Yeah. And they really do have an open door policy where it's, it is not hard to go up to Thad Levine or, you know, or, you know, the Falvine regime, or you go to talk to Rocco or talk to the players. It is an open book. It's everyone's pretty honest with mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, that they were slow to embrace analytics, and they should have done it quicker. They were slow to identify that Terry Ryan, while great in his first stint, certainly had shortcomings in his second stint.
0: No, oh, and he's just a better scout than he is maybe um, budget guy or
1: yeah. I mean, GM does a, a there's a reason why a lot of different jobs. There's a reason why he's still employed
0: in a high level job with one of the more respected
1: teams in the game in the Phillies. yeah Phillies.
0: So I mean, he's still in the game for a reason.
1: Yeah, and and I think you know they were slow on some of that stuff but what they have always gotten right is that they do pr- try to bring in good players there's some people who had qualms about it, like Danny Valencia although i think interesting story just could be a bit of a i think he's misunderstood too. yeah
0: and, but 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 they've always had the human element yeah. pretty well and
1: Nolasco and Nolasco <laughs> granted signed that big contract wasn't very good but you know at times it'd be rough outside of that um, and the players said they liked him. So again, he may have been very different around the media. Yeah, but I heard
0: he was very active on Tinder.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah. Again, Bailey, we're gonna no. But uh, but no, I, I think uh,
0: dumb button man.
1: That's uh, that's amazing. But um, no, I mean they they try to bring in people who have good character, and they this is one thing the team emphasized all along. I know that on paper you can say go sign this guy, go trade for this guy, all this stuff. You certainly need to add talent. You can't win without talent. But like the
0: argument yesterday of could they get someone cheaper on one-year deal than Odo Rizzi? Why should, should they be mad he takes the QO? First of all, no, because yeah. you offered it. Yeah, Second we'll get of all, to that in a bit. Yeah. The idea that you can get a pitcher comparable on a one-year deal, I don't like that. But here's the deal. You can't just say in a vacuum, go sign cheaper pitchers that are as
1: good because clubhouse culture matters. Everybody likes Odo. Odo's well, a very in, affable look at, guy. Look at it the other way. We're not far removed from Lance Lynn. Who, who's a great pitcher. I mean, was phenomenal this year, right? Had success with the Cardinals. I so
0: badly want to see him and Madison Bumgarner on the same team in Texas because that's just the Spider-Man. Two that's literally, maybe physically Lance Lynn and I are the Spider-Man yeah, emoji, yeah. but those two guys, mentality-wise, yeah, cranky. have the reddest of asses. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I think, I, <laughs> Bailey, what is going on? The, uh, <laughs> the No, you're right. And I think, um, but Lance Lynn, on a one-year deal, disrupted the clubhouse. And right. it shouldn't have. There was no reason not to sign that deal, but it didn't work but out. But there were too many of them, and, and this is where they made a correction. Is you, you, Logan Morrison was a good player at one time. I mean, you go down kind of those one-year contracts. They have figured out how to, and the players say this all the time, this is a relaxed clubhouse. This is why we don't go on losing streaks. This is why we won 101 games. It does has to do, have to do with talent. Absolutely. But it also has to do with Mm -hmm. they don't fret the small stuff, right? They don't worry about two losses in a row or a 14-4 loss or whatever it is, Um, you know, even just losing to a bad team. I mean, I think the clubhouse matters. And I think that does start at the top, meaning the GM kind of sets a tone. The manager sets a tone. um, The people it It all trickles down. One. Think of how many people are in a clubhouse, right? I mean, hitting coach, pitching coach, bench coach assistants trainers and Trainer. then just the random
0: guys walking through that you're like whoa i don't know that guy yeah right and, and the it, video re, the video scouts or the review guy
1: you know i don't want to know those and people. the people the people with the most <laughs> nelson cruz's crew like i know yeah, he has, like i
0: had no idea who those guys were
1: right it's it, it, the people in most power right gm coach the best players on the biggest contracts right yeah they set that and i think that's why nelson cruz was big this year and again the astros had a good enough culture to win, but we're starting to see the warts of the Astros, and I think just as a baseball, yeah, I don't fan, think it's
0: rotten. I just think it has warts. I don't think it's, uh, yes, yeah. I don't think it's rotten because
1: I think there are enough upstanding guys there. Players, but there's enough especially. guys
0: where it's like there's a there's a delicate balance.
1: I mean, and for their GM to say I, I, something about it was weird about the facts, like I'm you know, so I don't, I don't
0: we got this guy right.
1: So there, there was that. The or you Luna, talking about Jim Crane? Uh, or no, I'm t- is is Luna the Lu- owner? Luna,
0: yeah, Crane. Crane is the owner. Luna is the GM, right? Levine or the Falvey to um the other guys. Yeah. The guy who got fired. So Levine.
1: similar similar position for him to say, I don't want to address the facts right now, it's like, why do you think all these people are gathered here and you have cameras in your face? It's I don't want to
0: address the facts. Yeah. The facts. They're inalienable and they
1: need to be addressed. yeah it's- And I and and I mean they're slow to repeal the the statement initially uh the team had sent about uh the abstinent report. I I just think we're seeing a problem with the Astros, and the problem is they are a, I mean, a prominent team in Major League Baseball because of what we were saying around the time of the World Series. The reason why, before all this came out, I wanted to see the Astros win was because I thought they had a sustainable model for success. And but we know, again, you you can copy their analytics, copy the the metrics and what they use to scout players and whatever all that is, but you don't want their culture because, right? I, again, I think teams will. <laughs> Teams are trying to cheat all the time in the sense that they are trying to steal signs. You just can't use technology. And Toronto did this, right, a few years ago. I mean, this is not unheard of.
0: Yeah, I was about to ask you, what should or shouldn't be legal in your estimation? I
1: I mean, I really think it is technology, and it's hard because everyone has cell phones. That's the hard
0: line, though. Yeah. Anything that you can see or determine with your own two eyes, your own two ears, and your brain. Or a, pick up on go. film.
1: I know that's techni- technology. But here's but the that's deal, not though: if, if you
0: pick yeah. it up on film, pick it up on film while you're studying before a game. Yeah, perfectly fine. It's between those lines. It's uniform personnel and it's technology. Those three things cannot coexist in those three hours. Where you know you've got your even your Apple Watch where it says, "Oh, fastball's coming," and you go boom like that's easy enough to do without even thinking yeah. about it. Technology. Cannot happen. I mean, I, I just
1: it has to be seen as gamesmanship. I think that's what it has to be seen is that we're. If,
0: if I see that your tell is that your glove is higher or lower with a curveball, yep. is that, is that, that's uh, tipping pitches. So that's not even really stealing signs. One hundred percent legal. Yep. Stealing signs. First of all, even if you say it's illegal, how are you going to stop it? Because most of these guys are so good at like. Hey, yeah, you got
1: a guy in second base. It's your fault. You let a guy in second base. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know,
0: if Joe Mauer's out there and he does. You know, that sign that we all used to do for the punching game that's now more of a racial epithet. Like, like, <laughs> <Bailey>. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, like, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Used to play a punching game if it was beneath your. Yeah, I know. Hips you, or yeah, whatever. yeah, like you could just swing your hand doing that once. Probably would never even pick it up. Yeah. Or you might have an open palm, closed palm, you know, or batting gloves in your hand and then you switch them to another hand. Like you could do so many things. That they would never ever be able to make it illegal that, anyway.
1: There was a funny Yankee one where the pitcher would look into the dugout if he was throwing a fastball and he would look at the catcher if he was throwing off speed. And I think. Do you remember Pat Light? I do remember the Pat Light. The big dude
0: that, yeah. uh, like, super nice guy, but he just, got, he just had a horrible time with the Twins. Yeah. One of these guys on Twitter, I think it was one of his catchers at like Salem or whatever, he's like, yeah, Pat, I remember you used to mouth the pitch you were throwing before you'd throw it. I'm like, how does a player like that make pro ball? You know, you, I know you take the sign, and you go like well, you mouth fastball. Like, ha, ha, what? Well, and, 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 s- Pat, and Pat was one of the best pitchers in. I don't remember if it was Rhode Island or
1: like prep his history. Boss, yeah. And Boston. I think he came through Boston system. But no, I, I'm talking about a
0: high schooler. though. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I mean. Some of the best guys, you know, it's coming. You can't hit it. I mean, I, I, think, I think that's part of it. I just w- – once you get into technology, what you could have is, is a players, yep. you know, teams cutting off, so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> technology. But, but home, but home away weird.
0: splits is huge for that. And then Kevin Gaussman getting pissed was really, really pertinent to me. And actually that tweet kind of took off because I quote tweeted him like, do you know why this guy's mad? mad? He, so he's thrown 18 in a third innings against the Astros in his career. Which is not not that many, really. It's literally two games. Yeah. Well, two plus games. It's been five games of his career, but in 18 to 30 innings, he's given up seven home runs. That's like juiced baseball times three home runs per nine innings, and then he's got like 18 strikeouts, two walks, like a 4.91 ERA. They're hitting 250 against him, but slugging like 566. The markers that I would look for statistically for a team that has my signs, so to speak are first of all they're not going to take walks cuz they're not going to hang around at the plate long enough to see that many pitches unless i'm completely missing my spots home runs because you're zeroing in on one pitch and especially if my fastball is my best pitch which for gaussman for most of his career has been and he's got a pretty good slider but his fastball's been his go-to pitch and if he struggles with command then then he has to kind of go to the go away from the slider i guess but the the statistical analysis that I see, just from the skimming the top, I totally get why like Gaussman's pissed of
1: all people. Yeah, and I just so I I mean Bailey, do you feel different? Are you uh as uh, Brandon literally coughing fit? Do yeah, you, yeah, man, I got bronchitis. It's a it's a bummer. That's Bailey no joke. I, I really die. do. Really, I'm taking benzoate or something. Sucks, Bailey. I mean, are you are you do you feel any differently about this? Would you use? Would you allow us? Teams use technology to steal pitches. I science? think
2: the barrier here is the use of technology. H- yeah, it has to be. It, it that is that's taking it over the line. Um, having a camera mounted and a feed running to a TV yeah. and the like. That's just. I love how Fran- that's cheating. That Mike is, Frances
0: is like. No, uh, you you can't do that with satellite television. Like, yeah,
1: I closed, don't think Mike's Francesca has a cell phone. Closed, he might not. Closed
2: circuit TV yeah, exists is, in
1: stadiums. You big dummy. Yeah,
2: having having a runner on second, watching signs—that's part of the game. Guy yes. on second yeah. wearing a GoPro, not yeah. so much. Or seeing how the pitcher moves the glove and whatever—that's all. That's part of the yeah, game. Yeah, There's yeah. Nothing you can. Do I think about you
1: want that. you want most baseball actions to be done by people. I know that's mm. dumb, but that yeah. no, that, but
0: that's that's where I fall on umpiring too. Though is like. Do we really feel comfortable eliminating all these jobs for computers when, you know, like when we think about that in society, like McDonald's cashiers. Sure. At some point, like we're all like, okay, well, we should probably stop eliminating jobs because people need those too. Yeah. And I know that obviously big league umpires making 250 grand is not exactly the same as making $15 an hour at McDonald's in Seattle, but the principle still kind of applies. Like, let's just be careful with what we allow, like we, how pissed are we all that like, instant replay spent an entire year wiping out guys sliding into second and popping up off the bag. Yeah. Like that was never the intent.
1: And I guess where I was going with it is you want to enhance what's going on in the field. I don't know if that does. And that's why you want replay basically to cover the basic stuff. Like, it's obvious that the guy fair got foul. Around. I also safe out. Well, we thought safe out, but yeah. And I don't. I feel like robot umps. Um, so we may want to get into later. That's like a whole podcast. But I feel like Matt Trueblood's the one to ask about that. But I'm not sure about that. I. But the, my thing with that is, you want to you want the players to beat the players. You don't want the umps to beat a player. Meaning mm-hmm. that like a, a bad ump causes a strikeout for a guy who who is actually watching the zone. And that's the strongest argument in my mind for because it actually may create a job. I think you still need the umpires on the field. You may just have one up um, watching the, uh, you know, the strike zone. Yeah. Um, But regardless, my point is people, and this is an old Tom Kelly line, you know, this is a bit of a grumpy Tom Kelly line, but he's like, people go to watch the players, right? They don't go to watch the umpires. And for that matter. Yeah. I don't wear my umpire uniform to the game almost ever. Um, there, there are people who do right. Which, yeah. which stadium is that? That has the uh, is that Houston? Ironically, has the <laughs> it I think had the. Remember umpire? when the
0: guy used to show up at Timberwolves games though, and he'd bang the floor and he'd have a newspaper. I think it was back in like the uh, yeah. I think it was the Flip Saunders days. So yeah, before, Garnet. before, but um, the guy would literally dress up as a coach and pretend he was pissed all the time. Yeah, and they also had Jiggly Boy. So I mean, there, there was a lot of things going on back then that people. probably no, None
1: remember. of them have front row, Amy. From Row Amy, Yeah. Row I'm going to abstain from this discussion, endorsed <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by two thirds of this podcast. The
2: Brewers were mentioned in one of these reports as one of the teams that takes advantage of I, sign stealing. At their park, I,
0: I see like like it maybe could be possible because their yeah. their their backdrop is so busy that you probably could get away with something.
2: Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. What,
0: what do we know? I mean, we don't know anything. We yeah. we know less than nothing
2: and it's going to be under more scrutiny and i think the the brewers being tied to it might be tied to mike fires being the one who's <laughs> the monkey tail guy with yeah, put, who's putting all of this out about the astros who played for the brewers and beforehand he,
1: here's what t- here's what i i mean we know this from covering the team they'll be very honest about how they approach baseball you know their their swing plane and even how they pick up on tipped pitches most players are so guarded about anything that happens, like, in the clubhouse, meaning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. meetings they have and, and conflicts it's and It's like all a fraternity, stuff. really. And so for a player to come out and put his name on the record tells me that there are issues there because he's, uh, you know, he really wants that out there, and he, he wants – it is so much more credible to say this player said this than yeah. sources say. So, so Sean Doolittle is, like, the best active
0: player on Twitter. I'd say Phil Hughes is probably the best – semi-active i mean we don't know if he's completely retired yet or not but Doolittle came out in support of him i do have to ask you this though if fires was not under contract next year with you um, oakland sorry would he be in danger of being blackballed? do you
1: think i would i would think so i mean i i think they're,
0: they're uh, see like they're pretty touchy about that kind of thing
1: i think i mean if you're in oakland you're like I'm assuming Oakland has a good culture. I think they're like Tampa. We'll get to Kevin Cash and all that stuff. I think they're Tampa West, really. Right. I mean, they play in a bad stadium. They're, the ownership is cheap, all that stuff. But I think in terms of the players, I think the reason why Oakland succeeds, why Tampa succeeds is because it's great player development, good culture, all that. I mean, I think you have to have all that buttoned up in order to have any success. You have no in choice. I locations. mean, otherwise
0: you're going to be I think like the Royals this last year.
2: I think if a player like fires who speaks out and – yeah who if he gets blacklisted or blackballed or whatever, I think that answers the question. Is this a big thing? Yeah, everyone's you'll, cheating. You'll, you'll, I, you'll I, fine, yeah, I, I think if everyone is like, Oh wow, we can't sign him cause he's going to divulge all our secrets. Yeah, that kind of tells us how that funny. Every- also, he's like thirty-five or thirty-six,
0: so it's not like yeah. he has a lot to fear. He's not going to yeah, play yeah, yeah. like.
2: Five but yeah, years. I think I think if and if a team was like if all the teams just got together, like, oh, we're going to avoid this guy. I think right. that just answers the question that this might be hey, a big not, issue. They're not yeah. giving out
0: the
1: WWE title belt anymore yeah. for suppressed arbitration <laughs> salaries. So I mean. Gotta keep that in mind. It would be funny if if we got a list of the teams that would sign him and the ones that won and we're like, Oh, hey, someone should look into the Angels yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do we we should probably talk Twins News?
0: Well, I, I just bit. got one more thing. Yeah. Um the, the the logical fallacy that I don't like about it is people saying, Well, it's not only Houston, so I don't know why you care. Houston got caught. Yeah. If somebody else got caught, everybody would care. Nobody's saying it's only Houston. Nobody's yeah. saying that. Um actually, you know what? One other thing MVP yeah. voting. Yep. Bellinger and Yelich, I'm sorry for <laughs> Bales. No, no,
1: we're going to talk about this. Bailey, we want Bailey's opinion. we started
0: the show with talking about your quarterback's head getting smashed in, and now we're no. talking about Christian Yelich, who definitely deserved
2: a crack at the MVP. Yeah, he's still got second place.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he loses to Cody Bellinger. Mike Trout beats Alex Bregman. How are those situations not complete opposites of each other based on – you know, really good player, maybe even the favorite,
2: getting hurt, not finishing the season, yeah, and it cost him. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm probably one. I'm the wrong Brewers fan to ask because I didn't really expect. We don't him. know any yeah. others though, so it's okay. But yeah, I didn't expect Yelich to win. Um, I think I once he went down with an injury and he missed the last pretty much a, the last month. It just kind of felt like, yeah, whatever. Um, he still had a really good year, and I think if he played that final month, he probably would have won. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not the kind of person who chases these accolades. I'm sure he, he doesn't care. Yeah, he just wants to win, and I like that in the players of the teams I like. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I'd be cool if he won two MVPs. That's great. Yeah. Um, but I think extra, probably
0: extra fifty grand in his bank account. Yeah, which yeah. yeah. Can, I think it is a
2: play. very it poses a really interesting question. We talked about this before the show of like. Um, I viewed Mike Trout the same way I viewed LeBron James yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I like for this. a, for a decade straight, LeBron James was without a doubt the best basketball player on planet earth, but he didn't win the MVP every year. Mike Trout is the best baseball player. Yeah, you're like it's almost planet. beneath yeah. him to win it. So it's yeah, it it, someone else. I yeah. mean,
1: it's, I, I, th- I would say this, it's actually more, I think narrative does matter. You mean we, the not playing meaningful games in September? Well, and I, so I look at it this way. I think. I think why Belger maybe gets the nod is because even though L.A. It's actually a big deal that L.A. got beat, like that L.A. was a favorite and that the Nationals who – Y- you know. Yeah, the
2: biggest thing about Bellinger was, like, what did he do after May? It was, like, early in the first, like, 30, 40 was, games. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was that was what won him the MVP, which—
1: He, he was awesome. Which, yeah. I
2: mean, his numbers are there. Like, yeah. for a full season, the numbers are there. Whether or not most of them happened in a four-week span, that's whatever. You still have the numbers.
1: I so. think Yellich is a better player. I, I, yeah. Than Bellinger? I, I, do you think, or am I insane? mm
2: I don't know. I, I mean Kristen Yelich is a better
1: baseball player than Cody Ballinger. That's I'm not as comfortable as you guys are today. What? What and you would know more <laughs> than me. What what is your argument for that? I mean,
0: I, I don't know. I just I think I think for Cody, the fact that he has played first, has played center, switch hitter. I think he's a switch hitter. I don't know. I can't I can't look look it up. Yeah. He hits lefties really well though. Like he crushes lefties. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Um, but, I mean, is there a, for is, me, it's a pickem. It's a pickem completely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and and yeah, if you're building a team around Rendon's in he, that conversation. He bats
1: left, throws left. I, I think so. The, he,
0: he just hits lefties well as a lefty. That's why I got confused.
1: He's um, the way I see it with Yelich is if, and I know this is unfair, if they beat Washington and they're kind of a Cinderella. Grisham.
2: Grisham. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's the thing, too. If Yelich plays that game, like, obviously everything goes differently if Yelich doesn't get injured. Maybe he plays it's the that butter- last stretch of the season. Maybe yeah. they win the division or yeah. whatever. It's the, it's the butterfly effect. If he yeah. doesn't get injured, it changes everything. Yeah. But yeah. in that circumstance where Grisham was playing, that's Yelich's position. It's super hard yeah. not to look at that. Yeah, Yelich is not doing what he did.
1: Yeah. Like- yeah, yeah. I And in terms of Trout, I mean, I think sometimes he's a story himself of this team's in LA, they spend a lot of money, why aren't they better, right? I think at times it's fair to say there's... More intriguing players than the AL, and that's oh, not Oh, he's extremely trout, dull.
0: Like he's d- Joe Mauer dull.
1: Uh, but I mean, here's the thing: Joe Mauer was seen as maybe not cool, but he was in commercials and all that when the team was good. When they weren't, people were. I mean, do you wait, remember wait, 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 wait.
0: Mike Trout <laughs> is in Subway commercials? Let's no, see. but yeah. do you do
1: you remember Joe Mauer had great MLB got, the Network got, and
0: Head and Shoulders? And-
1: well played, Mauer, and the Head and Shoulders one, and I think he was in the Kemp's one, right?
0: Oh, and, and then he did that that thing with.
1: That was for uh, John, the twin.
0: John Anderson on SportsCenter where he talks about Prince.
1: The looper. Yeah. Oh, sure. No, Yo, yeah, you're yeah. the Upers. You ever youpers, meet Prince? Yeah. And Joe's yeah. just like, no. Like yeah, this, so he was popular when the team was good. And to John be f- Anderson, I don't know if I said John Anderson or Williams, but I and, and the thing is, Mike Trout would be is popular, but would be that much more popular if the team's good. So that's narrative. Um I just think occasionally in the AL there's another player that has a more interesting narrative than yeah. Mike Trout. So I
0: want to talk about personal stuff for just one second before we go into anything else. And if you have been following me on Twitter or Facebook for the last like 10 days, you know I've been making a big change in my life and I stopped taking my depression med. And that's something that I talked to Cy Amundsen a lot about is mental health because I know he has his battles and I have my battles. And they're not the same, but you can kind of form like a brotherhood of how you deal with your suffering and so I just kind of put it all on the line on my website, brandonwarren.com. You can check it out there. I'm not gonna give the I'm gonna give maybe the Cliffs notes, maybe even less of it. But basically what it came down to I was I was just so sick of feeling how I felt, wanted to find my new baseline. And frankly, I think I was misdiagnosed five years ago. I don't think I'm depressed. I think I maybe had a spell, maybe PTSD, maybe something less serious, maybe anxiety. But what that has brought for me has been an incredible increased energy. I don't know if if you guys can see it here in the studio or hear it on the airwaves, but my mind is clear. My enthusiasm for life and sports is unparalleled to where it's been since I've been an adult, or at least working in this industry. And so, basically, I just want to say like, if people are going through stuff, I'm an open book. Um, Hit me up on Twitter at brand underscore warn. Slide in the DMs. Find me on Facebook. Write me a letter. I don't care. Uh, and I'll do what I can. I'm not a you know mental health professional or anything, but um, people don't need to fight this stuff alone. And so I want to kind of tie that into this idea, and this is maybe the first time Tom's hearing it at all, but I do want to start a new show, and I kind of have it in, in the works. I want to see if we can get some graphics and set up a feed for it, and we'll see what happens. But it's called Hello from the Other Side, and it's so it's taking people from big-time sports moments – but not the player you're thinking of. So like Joe Carter, home to win the 93 World Series. So we talked to Mitch Williams about giving up that home run. So I reached out to, and this is actually what created the Twitter dust-up, which made me write about my mental health, was I reached out to Terrence Long, who got thrown out on a crazy throw by Eatro back in 2001 at the Coliseum. And that, that Twitter dust-up is still up. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever done. But I said my piece, stood up for myself, and that's not something I've done a lot in my adult life. So I'm not sorry that I did it. I'm sorry for what I said because basically I called the guy a bitch. And I'm sorry. I probably can't say that over the years, but I did call the guy a bitch. Anyway, um, the the show that I want to do, though, is maybe, maybe I can get, you know, Fernando Vina after he got decked by Albert Bell between first and second base on that iconic breaking up the double play. So I've reached out to a few people to kind of get the ball rolling. Um, hopefully my first guest is a friend of the show – Former minor league ball player, married to a very famous woman. Oh, no, we know who this yeah, is. Yeah, so we know who this is. I'm not going to go any further than that. Bailey doesn't. But he... If you think about it, you will figure yeah. it out. And so his wife works for AEW. I'll just say that much. So I'm hoping he replies in kind. And I don't know if it will be 15 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. But just want to kind of... <laughs> He's going to the Google machine. You got to hit my dumb button first, man. I got to cough. <coughs> so anyway, what I want to do is... Just create the show and see if it can take off. And who knows, maybe someday we get to talk to the guy that Allen Iverson stepped over that one time or somebody who got posterized by a big Shaq dunk. Or maybe it never becomes anything and we quietly fold up shop. But it's just an idea I have. If people think it's interesting, send me names you'd think would be good. We're going to start kind of low and slow to see who we can get a hold of. But I'm hoping Terrence Long still reaches out. I'm going to go get probably information from his agency and who knows. Connect some dots and maybe he'll want to come on. Maybe he'll tell me to get you know, get lost. We'll see what happens, but this is a twins show. Let's talk about the twins for a little bit.
1: Um, I like how we led with everything, but the twins, Hey man, it's only been about
0: 40 minutes. So, um, yeah, I, so the notebook that I wrote yesterday, basically the three most pertinent
1: things. I I mean, I know Max Kepler's in Germany doing some ambassador stuff. Yeah. We might do something after from the Twitter. It would have been fun to go. I, neither of us could do that right now, but yeah, I think it's worth noting. Let's, I got Tom Schreier three money, not Tom Schreier two. Oh goodness. Uh, Uh, um, with, with Kepler. I just, got
0: Tom Schreier for money. <laughs> not,
1: <laughs> not, Bailey,
0: what is going on right now? Does not exist. The, file not found. The, uh, the,
1: the, um, with Kepler. Suddenly I, I'm thinking about Luke Inman again and I just, t-
0: I'm not comfortable.
1: The, I'm not comfortable. Uh, just to touch on Kepler real quick. I know they want him to pushing, uh, baseball in Germany. He's from Berlin. Um, it's, uh, I have been there. Unfortunately, I couldn't go while he was out there, but, um, you know, I think I think it's important to try to develop players wherever you can. I think it's important to spread baseball wherever you can. I think he's a good advocate for it given that um Especially with how few players have come out of Germany. I mean, yeah. is he the only one? Uh, it's got to be it's, yeah, if one it's of if few. it's but, not maybe um, some
0: in the, you know, the minor leagues or something.
1: But right he now. he really does. He 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 loves his hometown. I I think he he's really proud to be from Germany. Um and I think um, I like what's going on there. I think we're going to separate that into a separate thing, probably do separate content on it. Um, part of a separate discussion, but I think it's good for people to know what's going on. Let's do this. Let's, let's start with Rocco who I feel like mm-hmm. earned the, uh, AL management. You know year. how funny it was. I have a lot of respect for Bob Nightingale,
0: USA today. Yeah. I guess the nicest guy in the business has so many connections, but he's also got this weird kind of, <coughs> excuse me. I'm so sorry. I've got, it's the- all good. Um, he does have this weird tendency of tweeting awards ahead of time that are not correct. And I believe he thought <laughs> that I don't remember if it was Kevin Cash or Aaron Boone was going to win it. And listen, I think all three of those guys have their own reasons yeah. for winning, but let's, let's but go. So Rock, but so Rocco wins. Yep. And I'm just thinking to myself, like I, so I'm driving home. So I quick flip on my phone. I turn on MLB network radio and record a video of it. Cause I know I'm not going to make the conference call to get the quotes. So I actually got. I, had, I thought. I mean, you've read the story, right? Yeah. I, I thought I got yeah. good quotes off the TV yeah. or the, technically the radio feed of the TV. Yeah. Um, Rocco was Rocco, man. He's he never wants credit for what he does. Maybe even to a fault. Yeah. But he's just like it's all about communication. It's about telling guys where they're at. It's about. I mean, doing, that's being a good manager, Doing all the sure. right things in terms of rest and and rehab and giving guys. Length, you know, the the show and go days where they don't have to come in until four thirty on a seven o'clock game. He 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 acquitted himself very well on the job, but he also does a terrific, terrific job of putting it out in a forward facing manner so that not only people like you or me understand it, but fans are like, you know, what is this Rocco guy all about? You know, he yeah. kind of looks like Moby crossed with
1: cory Koski, <laughs> and like what what's he all about though? You know what I mean? And yeah. he's like the coolest guy ever. I- I agree. I think I think part of it is is his willingness to he almost really doesn't have any go. He's very competitive. He he um he's got that quiet Joe Maurer fire, fire to him, I think. Yeah, I I think that's fair. I think the the players resonate with him. I, I think anyone could kind of meet him and be like, hey he's a little out there, but you know he But if you say to Rocco, Hey
0: Rocco, I think doubles should be worth three bases, like he's so introspective that he's like, Whoa, that's a crazy idea. I wanna see what, what I really think about it. Like he's not he doesn't have that baseball ego that sometimes old baseball men can have, and granted, he's not an old baseball man. He's younger than Nelson Cruz, yeah, but he's never w- stopped learning. And I don't know where he started as a player when he you know comes out of Rhode Island, et cetera. But I am very confident that wherever he ended, the day he retired, and there's a YouTube video of it, and he looks totally different as a guy. He's got a big scar on his face and he just looks really beat up. and now he looks you know super fit and like he's really, really doing well yeah. physically. I would love to know from that day to whatever day. Let's say we get him on the podcast someday. What has he learned in those days? Because I have to believe it's a lot more than he ever expected was possible.
1: Yeah, I I would think so. And I think that's an asset of his is that he is open-minded, that he's – he is – a baseball guy in that he played and he understands that you can't, as we were saying earlier, you can't just run the metrics and, and try to roll out a team. You have to mm-hmm. see it through the lens of the players. And he is very personable. He, he wants to have relationships with his players. He insists they, you know, they sleep in if they're playing a the late game or, or show you know, up and then sleep at the park. Yeah. And, and that you don't need to be in the batting cage every day or taking ground balls every day to be good at baseball. They play a lot of baseball. Yep. What they need to do is be well rested, focused in a good mental state, all that stuff. So I think, um, I think those are those are assets. In terms of winning the award, I think it comes down to, I'm curious what your uh, argument for cash is, but let's say with Baldelli and Boone, with Boone, a lot of pressure being in New York. They expect him to win. However, a lot of resources, and it's so different than the Twins, where the Twins, people thought they were an 85-win team at best, that there were no expectations, yep. that Baldelli so overachieved that they won one Oh one for a moment there. We were like, that is an incredible accomplishment. And then unfortunately it seemed to at least locally get washed as soon as they were swept by the Yankees, a familiar opponent, 16 straight playoff losses, all that stuff. But I, I'm glad he is rewarded for that because most people under most circumstances would say Rocco Baldelli did a hell of a job as a rookie manager.
0: Watching Rocco the way I did this year, because I came in with basically two feet, in.
1: I, I was all in on Rocco
0: because, first of all, I had studied what he was like in Tampa as far as all the roles he'd had. I heard ab- about how he viewed the game, and I thought, man, this is healthy. This is like, wow. So when I watched how he handled media, how he handled tough decisions, how he handled pitching decisions, I thought, for me, it's hard to imagine another manager doing it better. And that's kind of what you have to have as a voter is because – you don't see the other managers. So you kind of have to analyze in a vacuum all the things that, first of all, we don't have values on. It's not like war. It's not like RBIs. It's not even like wins and losses. It's literally what do you see in front of you? And the fact of the matter is, like, Ron Gardenhire didn't last much longer after he won his manager It was like four years. Yep. Uh, Molitor was literally one year. And that's, that's definitely not happening with Rocco. But all manager seems to be is, hey, who got the most out of the least? And that's where Kevin Cash comes into play. But you know why I'm uncomfortable with that? Kevin Cash doesn't set the payroll. Kevin Cash doesn't pick the players. He just picks the players who play every day. Yeah. So I'm a little uneasy with the idea that Kevin Cash should get an added bonus for the fact that his payroll is $78 million or whatever. Because here's the deal. Because here's the deal. It's not unfair to grade him on that, but it's unfair to hold that against, especially Rocco, who's got a mid-level payroll to work with and then Boone obviously the big payroll whatever you kind of put a lot out. of pressure but the but the problem is while that hurts cash Rocco didn't have anything to do with the budget his team set Boone didn't have anything to do with the budget his team set so you have to judge them on a level
1: playing field I, if that team had beaten Houston Tampa did and they came close if i remember right 5 f- games right Yeah I feel differently Yeah best of 5 5 games I yeah. feel differently if you if you and and why I care about that from the man- manager's perspective is you were telling a whole bunch of young players who are you know or or in some ways like Tampa's actually more kind of mismatches right or kind of you know misfit toys they're, Yeah they're
0: Oakland East I mean it's yeah. literally okay which guy for better or worse cuz they went through a stretch where they employed some like guys who had criminal activity on their background but like, so I I I have my other half of my free agency to do, but I have Pedro Strope signing with the Rays. And it's like, that's their MO. Sign an old reliever who was really good coming off a tough year. Sergio Romo played with them forever. Yeah. After he got like DFA'd by the Dodgers. Do you even remember Sergio Romo being with the Dodgers? Right. Yeah. Right. And so anyway, like they they become this kind of typecast, um okay, they didn't get Nelson Cruz last year, so they'll probably get Edwin Encarnacion this year because nobody needs a DH anymore, so he might fall into their laps for $10 million.
1: So he gets that kind of player to go beat Houston. That, sure, sure. That, to me, is an accomplishment, but you're right. I mean, you have to...
0: But that's not fair. Yeah, that's not fair that... Because here's the deal with Boone. He had the most, like, projected war to miss time. Now, again, he didn't go get the talent that replaced them. Did he coach them up? Or I mean, man, I mean, I know it's coach them up in other sports. I know they're managers. It's not coach did he manage them up? I don't know. And that's where also like the the part of the whole thing is nebulous. Like uh, and that's why to me any one of those three guys and you could even make a case for Bob Melvin in Oakland.
1: Oakland had mm-hmm. a terrific year. He, re- he received Or Terry
0: Francona. How about Terry Francona? His team was neutered by their front office and their ownership and he had them in the mix until
1: the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of them uh received votes. <laughs> I just and this is just a different mentality yep. dependent. To me, it's, I think it's mostly the manager of the team that did something you didn't expect. Yep. In a positive way. Um, That's who I, so that's why I think, Rock, and I, I think it's well deserved for Rocco Badelli.
0: So our guy, Dan Hayes, broke the news that Calvi and Levine have been signed through 2024. Yep. That means that's eight years of that power structure staying in place. They've already had uh, three, right? 17, 18, 19. Because I think 17 was yeah. the year they drafted Royce Lewis. So, yeah. They have won one division and they have five more years left. I want to know, assuming they stay together, in eight years. So with five more to go and one division title in hand, how many division titles are they going to win and how many World Series are they going to (laughs) win? If I set the over-under at 0.5 World Series, do you want the over or the under? Because it's five more years. So you're at one in six chance, which is is really hard gambling odds. I get that. Yeah. But this is also one of the best young groups of talent with payroll flexibility. And as I noted in the notebook, you've still got Balazovic, Kirilov, Lewis, Gratterall,
1: They're Duran.
0: Duran and Alcala are the same guy, I thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's another story for another day. But um, anyway, uh, you don't remember that story? I got. I, I reported the wrong one was getting called up. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It happens. Um, Sometimes I just look at Bailey and I'm like, <clears throat> you know this? No, all right. Anyway, though, so they've they've got not only a really good young roster, they've got room to supplement it, and then they've got kids coming yeah. up.
1: I just think I think there's a decent chance. Like I, so you're saying in eight years, let's start this. How many division championships <laughs> do they win? <laughs> I so think basically the peak is six. If they win every
0: division championship the rest yeah. of this contract, the peak is six. And I'm going to go on record as saying
1: I think they win four. So yeah, I was going to say three to four. Four makes sense. I think I have no no faith in Kansas City to do anything in the next six years. I think Chicago might. I think Chicago has good young prospects. I think they might, but I also think
0: Jerry Reinsdorf is is going to screw the pooch on this one. I really do because like this is this is their time to sign uh, Zach Wheeler. Yeah. It's their time to sign Yasmani Grandal, Yaziel Puig. Could you imagine Yaziel Puig on the south side of Chicago? Other than maybe Miami, that would be the coolest landing spot because that that's such like a like a hard ass area of town, and you've got Yaziel Puig who will like just kick your ass on the field. It's like Justin Bailey having a amateur yeah, show. Basically, Jane, yeah. Southside Janesville. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't. Detroit is so far away. Kansas City is so far. So away. So Detroit and Kansas City are. I, and then and then Cleveland. If they don't descending. win, if they don't win the division in twenty twenty, they may not be Kansas City or Detroit. But the They're, they're going to fall into the ether, so that yeah. means you're you're battling for the next five. Was it five? Yeah, five division crowns. Do you win three of them?
1: I think so. I I think that's likely, and I I think it actually, as I said, will get harder as time goes on because I think that's what she's Chicago- said. Bailey, <laughs> Bailey, are you so okay? So they're going to win a World Series though in that stretch. I don't think so, and the the reason why is I can't confidently say that they they will go that far until they and I know you're not supposed to say this, but until they can beat the Yankees, so you you have to get yeah. over this this kind well, like of. Like when the Royals won it and all that, the Yankees like weren't in the playoffs for like the two year stretch that they missed the playoffs. And forever. I, I'm not saying that the Twins can't. I need to see it happen in order to to ever make a World Series prediction. No, for this I team. totally
0: I totally think that the skepticism is merited, and I think that um I think that's fine now. The last thing we got before we'll let Bailey go do whatever he's got to do with the rest of his day is Jake Odorizzi accepting the qualifying offer. Um, as I wrote in the story, there are – I think it was four four things that I was thinking. And, and if I remember them off the top of my head, it was uh, – first of all, he deserved the qualifying offer. Like he, mm-hmm. he pitched well enough to deserve the qualifying offer. Second of all, he also worked his butt off and deserved to hit free agency. Let me just make sure I got the order here. So I, I have – uh, who's worked a long time to be a free agent. Deserves the QO, deserves a multi-year deal. But also, I'm
1: concerned with number four. With the, so this, it, this has me wondering what preliminary, ta- preliminary talks have looked like. I can't talk. I set them um, up here, I think. Yeah, not great. I can't read either. Uh, and if that's a sort of market indicator. So, so basically,
0: Rizzi had a few days to say, all right, give me your first offers. Milwaukee, what are you going to give me? And if actually, he, he, was he drafted by Milwaukee? I think he was. I, I think so. I think he was, and then City. Kansas City, and then Tampa Bay, and then the Twins. Um, I knew that he wanted to test free agency, and I don't remember if he said this to just me or to a group, but it was literally like, you know, man, um, I would love to be back in Minnesota, but it's going to come down to business because I've worked so long for this, and everybody that I have to answer to deserves for me to go through the process. So I thought the QO was going to be a no-go for him, which – I love having Oda around because I love talking baseball with him. He's and also a good advocate so,
1: for Rocco and, and Yeah, super, super
0: just like low key guy. You can barely even hear his voice in post game interviews, he just is not really a, a big personality. But if he went out on the market and all he's seeing is three years, 30 million, three years thirty-six million, then if you take this deal this year for seven was it seventeen point eight. You're betting on yourself with a lot not of only money. That, not only that, but if they're only offering you thirty million, three and thirty, let's just say hypothetically. Yeah. You literally only need to have a
1: two-year deal worth twelve million dollars total. A year I think from now, to agent, match that. I think he's got a good agent. I think that's what it is. His agent probably talked him through all this. I, I the other thing, is – the marketplace is a little bit lighter next year too. You know, there's not going to be. I, I'll have to look for sure. But a Strasburg and a Cole, like there's right, not going to be those right. two guys up there. I worth noting, Mr. Bailey, the Milwaukee Brewers took uh, Mr. Jake Rizzi, first round, thirty second overall. He's like, like the Highland best. He's like the best high school football player in the history of like. So no. he's, he's from, the best way to describe it is he's like 45 minutes east of St. Louis on the Illinois side. I guess he side. was just an incredible wide receiver and then had like a
0: .009 ERA in high school or something, or like a .09 ERA. I, I I read all this and I think it was like an old- He was a wide receiver, you said? I believe so. Huh. Um, yeah, you'd think of him as a quarterback, yep. you know? Yeah. I think he was maybe just a little bit too short. But anyway, Um, I believe I read this in like Baseball America from like, 10 years ago, like he was just a prodigious athlete, and uh, I think I asked him about it, he just kind of downplayed it, like whatever, but anyway, so Will Smith, a target for the Twins as a reliever, signs this three-year, $39 million deal instead of taking the QO, which as a reliever would have made him one of the five highest paid relievers in baseball, and instead, Odorizzi takes the QO, and to me, that seemed backwards.
1: What do you think about that? Um. Oh, and Jose Abreu took the QO, too, which made a ton of sense to me. The, the best explanation I have for that is um, maybe it's culture, that Odorizzi wants to be part of this, and that they're, therefore, in addition to what you just maybe said— Maybe it was
0: who was offering him. Maybe yeah, he didn't want to go to— Yeah, that's kind of— I, mean, that, I, I have no disrespect for Toronto, but if he thought one year in Minnesota, no QO next year, yeah, and then everybody might be in on him, versus a three-year below-market deal with Toronto or Cleveland or
1: whoever, whoever yeah. Like it's just all hypothetical— I can see why he chose Minnesota. In, in and, and it's worth noting that um, he'd have the draft pick tagged to him or whatever. So, like, a, that's, a, another, that's a huge reason yeah, why I'm so sure another the offers te- were not as good as he would have If a team offers, takes him, they have to give him a draft pick, right? Or something like that. And so. also,
0: so if he would have taken three years and 39 million like Smith did, that means that he's only getting two years and about 10 million a year for the second. And third years not covered by the QO. I mean, if we're yep, talking about yep, hypothetical yep. value, yep. and so he has to think to himself: Am I worth two years and, and twenty million one year from now?
1: Yeah.
0: If I'm not, I'll have banked enough money in my life we can live comfortably. But I'll gamble on that, even though, you know, he's already gam- in theory gambled on himself for six years. That's the six years of team control. What's another year? And to a pitcher, it's a lot. It, it really is. But he's coming off one of his best years, his healthiest years, his whatever. So the gamble is dicey from a pitcher standpoint, but I totally understand why he's gambling on himself because if he has one more year, like he did last year, he's probably going to get about four years and $60 million maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably, I wouldn't say it was double what he was being offered in terms of overall value, but it was, it's probably like 20
1: million more. And if he's okay and ends up signing a two year, $16 million deal, he made out, Pretty well, right? So yeah. you know or, I mean? or with the sign- twins, I'm saying, so oh, he yeah. can stay in Minnesota. And
0: honestly, I think that this year, if, if, if things are going well in June, then in July during the trade deadline or not the trade deadline, the uh, all-star break, you might hear about Jake Odorizzi signing a three year, 45 million, 50 million extension with the twins where, yeah, maybe he, he gets a uh, one less year than he wants or a little more money or vice versa. I, I genuinely think he does enjoy it here. I, I genuinely think he does. I mean, Guys can say whatever they want, and I, yeah. and I, yeah. I just my I have the same impression. Yeah. My um, BS radar doesn't really trip when he says that he wanted to be back here if if everything was equal. I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about Bailey's football team, his baseball team. You got a hockey team? No, and uh, I get it. Changeville Jets. You made, you made that up yeah. just now.
1: No, that's a NHL team, like a junior hockey oh, team. Oh, wow. That is yeah, that's a, a
0: real team, yeah. Wow, okay, I should have given him less credit than that.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: anyway, we're working on some guests. I, I would like to get Trevor Plouffe on soon. Maybe we'll get Darren Mastriani back in. Next week is Elling Hoffland, who works at my office as a he, – he built our statistical database, and so um, we do stats through Sport Radar. I believe that does our scoreboard on our site. So he's just going to come in and talk. He is a – He's also a Brewers fan. Nice. Yeah. So you guys might have something to talk about, but this is my show, so get over it. Um <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I probably deserve that. Anyway, yeah, so we got him coming in. We're working on some other guests, and who knows what'll happen. Hopefully, this second show takes off. I'm thinking about doing some more YouTube stuff. I just I, I feel an enthusiasm for this part of what we do that I haven't had since I've worked for this company, which has been 20. 15, five years? Yeah, it's years? been a while. So it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, Tom looks like he's going gray like presidents after yeah, their four yeah, years yeah. in the office compared yeah. to working with me. Anyhow, so stay tuned, Midwest Swing, at Midwest Swing Pod, at Zone Coverage MN. You got Bailey, at I Am Justin Bailey, you got at T Schreier 3. Is that right? I didn't screw that up? That yeah, is correct. At Brandon underscore Warren. Thanks for checking us out. Catch us again next week. Rock over London. Rock on, Chicago.